Kaf Bedshvat, Tzadik, His Life, 193.67 The conversation in Rab Nachman's wisdom took place when we were in the carriage on the Rebbe's final journey from Breslov to Uman. He said that God is very great, but we know absolutely nothing. When the Rebbe said God is very great, he gave emphasis to the word great, with a grace and beauty that cannot be communicated in writing. We know nothing, he continued. So much goes on in the world, yet we know absolutely nothing. I asked him, Haven't you already said that you now know the goal of all knowledge is to realize one's true ignorance? He replied, From the time I left Breslov until now, I again do not know. Editor's Note This was only a short while after leaving Breslov. If you have some understanding of the depth of his remarks... This will give you a small glimpse of his awesome greatness. He had already boasted that his not knowing was greater than anything, and now he was able to boast that within a short time like this, he had advanced even further and could again say he knew absolutely nothing. 194.68 On the subject of medicine and the importance of avoiding physicians completely, the Rebbe said that when a person has become sick in his house, If someone came and told him to give the patient a blow with a big wooden club, he certainly would be very shocked. Yet when one puts the patient in the hands of a doctor, it is literally like handing him over to a murderer. The doctor's remedies are more harmful than a blow of a murderer. Who would want to kill the patient with his own hands? Just because you have to do something to try and save the patient does not mean you should hand him over to a doctor you might as well call someone to beat the patient to death. Understand this. Editor's Note The fact that the Rebbe himself traveled to Lemberg, where he received medical treatment, contains deeply hidden secrets. He did not go there for medical treatment, but for other purposes known only to him. It was the same with all his journeys. They all contained awesome mysteries. As when he went to Kamenetz, Norovich, and Sharograd. The secret purposes involved in these journeys were hidden from the eyes of all living. Thus, when he returned from one of these journeys, he told the awesome story of the spider and the fly, saying it explained the reason for his journey. Yet the story itself is a great mystery, as were all his stories, and indeed everything he did. The same applies to his journey to Lemberg. Having gotten there, heaven obliged him to submit to medical treatment for reasons known only to him. However, when he returned from there, he spoke out more strongly than ever about the need to avoid medical treatment. Several teachings in Rav Nachman's wisdom deal with this. He had spoken about the subject prior to his trip to Lemberg, but after his return he discussed it more than ever. His Wisdom, 64 Fame and prestige prove nothing. Status is not related to merit. One worthy deed can result in a rank that, once attained, is never lost. The kings of Israel exemplify this teaching. Because of one meritorious act, they were worthy of maintaining the royal line for four generations. As a reward for destroying the idols, God said to Yehu, Your sons of the fourth generation will sit on the throne of Israel. This is difficult to understand. After the fourth generation, 
their greatness must come to an end, no matter what they do. They can do exactly the same thing that merited this royalty in the first place, and it will be to no avail. The decree is sealed, and they must forfeit the throne after the fourth generation. The decree against their fathers determines their fate. Although their ancestor earned the throne because of a certain deed, the inheritors cannot use similar merit to retain it. They may do the exact same deeds as their ancestor, but these are no longer of any avail. No matter what they do, it has already been decreed that the generation will lose the throne. This is a great wonder. Understand it well. This teaches us that God's ways cannot be understood. It may be decreed that one person will not achieve distinction, no matter what merit he has. Yet another person may earn four generations of fame for a single worthy deed. Understand this. Fear of God A. A God-fearing person will certainly humble himself before the tzaddik. Haughtiness prevents a person from fearing God. To acquire the fear of God, go to the mikvah. By sanctifying God's name, you will come to fear Him. A person's sins remove the fear of God from him. Whoever does not think about the day of death, consequently has no fear of God. When a person's fear of God diminishes, clearly he is being judged on high. By giving gifts to the tzaddikim, one is rewarded with God-fearingness. Immersing in the mikvah 310 times is a segula for achieving the fear of God. The desire that a person shows for performing a mitzvah indicates that he is God-fearing. Ikutemuaran 1, Lesson 39 I will provide grass. Deuteronomy 11, 15 1. When a person feels a hunger, being overcome by craving for food, he should know that he has enemies. As our sages of blessed memory said, when a person becomes poor down below, he also has become poor up above. Sanhedrin 103b. Such a person must therefore overpower and break his animal side, which desires to eat, since this hunger derives from the animal side, and through this, he will be saved from all his enemies. 2. Hunger is also related to strife, as reflected in the phrase, the disgrace of hunger, Ezekiel 36.30. In other words, through the craving for food, strife arises, whereby a person is disgraced and abused, and the opposite is also true, that is, strife awakens the craving for food. This hunger is an aspect of the male foreskin, as it is written, it is a disgrace for us. Bereshit 34.14 Specifically, the foreskin consists of three impure forces that surround the covenant of peace. When a person breaks the foreskin, which is associated with disgrace and with craving for food, the covenant of peace is then revealed. Consequently, a person attains peace down below, and as a result there is peace in the supernal heights as well. Then the world has a revelation and a great increase of satiation. As it is written, who establishes peace within your borders, 
and with the cream of wheat he satiates you. Tehilim 147.14 3. When your marital relations are conducted with holiness, and you break your desirous soul, that is your animal soul, so that you will seem as though a demon is forcing you, Nedarim 20b, as opposed to pursuing your own satisfaction, you will thereby have viable offspring. For the reason why children die, God forbid, is due to the animal soul. 4. It is also necessary for your marital relations to be mainly on Shabbat night, Friday night, so that you will have living and viable offspring. The Burger and the Pauper She came again, bought some things, and went on her way. The pirate remained there for a while, and she became accustomed to visiting him. She would come and go. Then one day she came to the merchant, and he went and opened the door to the cabin, where the golden birds were. She was able to see them, and it was an amazing sight. Her bodyguards also wanted to come in. No, no, he said. I don't show this to anyone except you because you are the emperor's daughter. But I don't want the others at all. She went in alone. He also went into the room, locking the door behind them. Then he did a vulgar thing. He forced her into a sack and took off all her clothes. He then dressed one of the sailors with her clothing, covered his face, and pushed him out. Go, he said. The sailor did not know what was happening to him. As soon as he emerged with his face covered, the guards began to escort him, not realizing who he was. They assumed he was the emperor's daughter. Outpouring of the Soul, 48, Various Lessons Once that follower was speaking with his friends and telling them that this physical world is nothing and there is no point in that which pertains to the body, in the middle of speaking, he suddenly fainted. It was only with great effort that he was revived. He then said that as a result of the Rebbe's advice, he had reached such a level that whenever he would speak about divine punishment or the ultimate end of everything worldly, all parts of his body would feel it, even the small toe of his foot. They would all feel that they were already dead and buried and beginning to decay. In order not to die, he would then have to strengthen himself and give his internal organs special encouragement. I heard that the Rebbe also said to a number of other people, Because your body is so gross and strong and forceful, you must weary it with words of holiness about the ultimate goal of life. It goes without saying that one should also tell himself words of encouragement in order to inspire and motivate himself so that he will not give up completely. Letter 98 I read your letter, and in one respect it filled my heart with joy. A second aspect, though, filled my heart with pain, because you are not yet fortifying yourself and expelling your extraneous thoughts, particularly those about money. You have already heard so many holy conversations and Torah lessons about how a person can direct his thoughts as he wishes and about how it is absolutely impossible for two thoughts to coexist simultaneously in a person's mind. Likutu Emoir on 1, 233. There have been many other such conversations, 
how one can escape these thoughts by simply ignoring them, and especially what we talked about this past Shabbat Hanukkah, concerning take a bundle of reeds and set it down. Shabbat 6.8 Why won't you strengthen yourself and banish these thoughts with holy strategies such as these? I know, my son. I know how relentlessly they attack you. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you already know and have heard about the main thing is to sit down and do nothing. Simply ignore them. Do not worry about what happens in... Again. Do not worry what happens with you in the meantime. For every single moment which a person makes in removing himself from such thoughts is extremely dear to God, as is explained in the Rebbe's holy words. You can inspire yourself with this at any time, and through this inspiration you will overcome them with God's great help. For God's sake, fortify yourself and do not weaken. Flee from these thoughts at all times, through simple disengagement and through sitting and doing nothing. Even if they attack you a thousand times a day, God forbid, pay no attention. You just do your job and flee from them each time. If you flee before they can bind themselves onto your thoughts, excellent. And even if you slacken, God forbid, so that a bundle of reeds is created, stop short and nullify yourself. Remember that Shabbat, to stop, is the ultimate goal. It is impossible to explain how any one individual can apply this strategy, because it depends on what is on each person's heart and what he is faced with. Nonetheless, every single person, including you, can nullify himself at any time, and can thereby turn this onslaught of extraneous thoughts full circle and use them as an opportunity to nullify himself to the light of the infinite. And this is very precious indeed. Letter 329 With thanks to God, Sunday, Vaishlach, 5601 My dear beloved son, I received your letter with the one silver ruble. It certainly did arrive at just the right time, thank God. I do not have a pruta, a small coin, in the house. May God repay your deed. Nonetheless, it is hard for me to accept money from you so often, because it weighs upon me that you give me more than you can afford. I do not know myself what to write to you about this. God willing, when you are here, perhaps we will be able to talk about this in a way that will enable you to locate the point of truth in all areas, to truly do what God wants. The deliverer of this letter is in a rush, so I cannot write very much, especially not in a matter such as this, in which I myself do not know what to advise you. In the meantime, do not allow this to distract you, because no matter what, it is undoubtedly better than all else. May God see your pure intentions, save you in all that you need to be saved, and rectify all that you lack, both in the physical and the spiritual. The words of your father, Nassim of Breslov. Letter 330, Sunday, Vayeshev 5601. My dear son, I received your letter just now, along with the note from Yaakov Hertz, and I was pleased. There is nothing to tell you. The holy days of Hanukkah are approaching, and I hope to God that we will be able to get together and talk face to face. 
May God allow us to receive the holiness of Hanukkah and draw down holy speech upon ourselves, our descendants, and all generations of your people Israel. The words of your father, Natan Abreslev. Rabbi Yehuda ben Safra, Rabbi Yehuda bar Masparta, Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Rabbi Yehuda Stam bar Yecheskel, Rabbi Yehuda bar Ashi, Rabbi Yehuda Breder of Shemuel bar Shilat, Rabbi Yehuda bar Zavda, Rabbi Yehuda ben Yeshaya Bosem, Rabbi Yehuda bar Abba, Rabbi Yehuda bar Idi, Rabbi Yehuda bar Livai, Rabbi Yehuda ben Levi, Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda Breder Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi, Rabbi Yehuda Kalustra, Rabbi Yehuda bar Nachmeni, Rabbi Yehuda bar Chaviva, Rabbi Yehuda bar Ami, Yehuda bar Oshia, Rabbi Yehuda Achua de Rav Salah Hizda, Rabbi Yehuda Achua de Rav Kahana, Rabbi Yehuda bar Siman, Rabbi Yehuda bar Titas, Rabbi Yehuda bar Sinna, Rabbi Yehuda ben Zevina, Rabbi Yehuda bar Bizna, Rabbi Yehuda ben Achoto shel Rabbi Yossi bar Chanina, Rabbi Yehuda bar Natan, Rabbi Yehuda bar Ishmael, Rabbi Yehuda bar Shila, Rabbi Yehuda bar Ula, Mar Yehuda, Yehuda bar Huna, Rabbi Yehuda mid'iskarta, Rabbi Yehuda bar Marimar, Rabbi Yehuda mid'ifti, Rabbi Yehuda bar Ashteta, Rabbi Yehuda bar Achitai, Rabbi Yehuda Hindua. 1. Prayer number 67. May my soul be precious in your eyes. Hashem, my God and God of my fathers, you are gracious and compassionate. You care for Jewish souls, souls more precious than gold and pearls, souls who were carved out from beneath your throne of glory, holy souls who are absorbed into your name, who are called a portion of godliness above. Supernal souls, in whom you took delight at the very beginning of creation. Souls who were the first to arise in your thought. Souls who are higher than all worlds. Souls with whom you took counsel in order to create the universe. Arouse your compassion on behalf of these souls who come forth from you. They are your beloved and pleasant children who are born by you from the belly carried by you from the womb, whom you refer to with every term of endearment. Children, brothers, friends, beloved, precious souls, whom you have never ceased to love. You have loved these souls of the Jewish people so much that you have called them daughter, sister, and mother. As our sages said, he loved her so much that he called her my daughter. As in the verse, Hear, daughter, and see, incline your ear, and forget your nation and the house of your father. He loved her so much that he called her my sister, as in the verse, Open to me, my sister, my friend, my dove, my perfect one. And he loved her so much that he called her my mother, as in the verse, Listen to me, my nation, and attend to me, my mother. Have compassion on our souls, which possess a lovely, precious, holy beauty at their supernal root. 
Only you know the source of our precious souls, which is beyond all worlds at all stages of holiness. Help us attain every sort of strength so that we will guard our souls at every moment. May we bind ourselves to our souls for the days and years to come with holiness, purity, alacrity, cleanliness, abstinence, humility, fear of sin and piety. Honor belongs to Hashem. Help us flee from honor as much as possible. May we never have the slightest desire for any honor whatsoever. Every time you grant us honor, protect us that we will not be enmeshed in it. May we not use it for our own purposes or receive any benefit from it whatsoever. Instead, may we raise and restore all honor to you alone, the King of honor and glory, the only one whom all honor and glory are due. From the greatest heights, guard us so that we will not damage the holiness of honor, but receive it in sanctity and purity for the sake of your name, with the sole intent of serving you without any blemished desires of our own. Whenever you send us a new instance of honor, may it not result in our souls being removed from this world. May honor come to us only for good and not for evil. Together with that honor, may we always receive a new spirit of holiness and purity, in the light of which our souls will expand and grow. Send us a new and precious spirit, so that for the days and years to come, we will learn your Torah and serve you with awe, holy eating, and the honor of God. From this moment on, help us break our desire for eating and drinking. May we be satisfied with a little and eat that with holiness. May we be so exacting with ourselves that we do not even eat the smallest amount beyond what we need to sustain our health. May our intention in eating be solely to maintain our well-being. May we reduce our natural desires. May we be counted among the righteous who eat only to satisfy their souls. As in the verse, the righteous man eats to satisfy his soul. Tzadik ochel lesovat nafsho. Until you will raise your countenance to us and be gracious to us. In keeping with the verse, may Hashem raise his countenance to you and grant you peace. And may we draw the illumination of your countenance to holy honor. Save us and your entire nation, the house of Israel, from arrogant people. Remove the honor from their insolent countenances so that they will no longer have any glory, elevation, or positions of leadership. Have compassion on us and on your entire nation, the house of Israel. Save us from false leaders, even if they are celebrated, who cause us so much grief, the extent of which you alone know. Because of our many sins, holy honor has fallen into the depths. Our honor is belittled by the nations, who abhor us as being repulsive. Honor is passed on to the idolaters, to wicked people, liars, and insolent of the generation, who distributed among themselves, while the worthy and righteous of your nation, the Jewish people, are insulted, disdained, scorned, and ridiculed. Redeeming honor from its exile. Hashem, you are filled with great compassion. 
You who are the king of honor, have mercy on your great and holy honor. Save our souls from the multitude of wicked people by removing honor from their midst. Raise it up so that it will no longer reside amid the husks of evil. Have compassion on your mighty divine presence, whose honor and eminence has been cast down, reduced and cheapened. Because of our many sins, you have hidden your countenance from your great honor. Thus your honor and sovereignty have been distanced from you, as it were. They have descended and fallen so low that all honor has been given to the idolaters, evildoers, and insolent people of the generation. Israel has become exceedingly impoverished. All honor has been turned over to strangers, who have no portion in wisdom and the countenance of holiness. They are the insolent people of the generation, who imitate the righteous like a monkey imitating a human being.